Get the house you want with the payment you want at buywithconrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. The first step to buying a house is buywithconrad.com. This has nine lives, and I've been in touch with the What does this have to do with anything? Oh, you didn't know? This is episode nine, and we're online with WWE Hall of Famer and multi-time tag team champion and a mushroom of a man because, you know, he's a really fun guy. This is the road dog. A really, a really fun guy. <laughs> I, hope I, I hope that didn't fall short on anybody. He's a mushroom of a man because he's a really fun guy. Oh, dog. What is up in your doghouse today? Oh, man, I am loving life, loving life. You know, just doing the podcast these days and and getting out to a lot of these comic cons and horror cons and and uh even just wrestling shows you know all all around the country and i tell you what just meeting all these people we met a guy the other day that that really brought a tear to me and billy both uh he was a foster child when he was young and he literally came up he's a probably 35 year old man and uh he started crying telling us the story about hey I wore my. I was a foster kid till I was eighteen, and every time I got sent to a new house, I'd wear my DX jersey because I knew they'd think I was cool. And it, man, that made me. I tell you what, it still makes me. Uh, you know, think about what I'm doing and what people are looking at, and 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 the things I'm things that are I'm giving off without even realizing I'm giving them off. The way we touched his life was a positive, uh, but it's just you got to keep in mind what am I doing that people are looking at right now, and is that a positive or a negative? Anyway, I just wanted to kick it off with that story. It was a feel-good story for me personally, so I thought it'd feel good to tell you guys about it. Ryan, what are we going to talk about tonight? I'm excited. Yeah, today's an interesting format, and it's going to be different than episodes past, but you're good. all going to love it. Good, because they've been some... boring as shit. Never mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we're going to give them some great insight and perspectives, because we're not just talking about a moment of your career today. We're talking about tag team wrestling in general and the Mount Rushmore of tag teams. Oh. Tag team wrestling. (laughs) Tag team wrestling. All right, dog, let's get into it. Talk that. I like it. Maybe I should just let you sing. Yeah, just let me. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't. Don't. It was was good a minute ago. It felt very Ray Charles, though. Like, I really want to judge him. All right. Right off the bat, other than the amount of people in the ring, what makes tag team wrestling different than a singles match? How do you got to approach it? Yeah, look, look, I think there, there are similarities for sure. And so we could start there. You could start with the, the you know, the the heat or the shine up front of the good guy looking good. And the, and you can do all the same. You can go through all the same phases of, of uh, match construction. And look, those vary also you know, by, by way of how much time you have and things like that. But as far as a tag team match, to me, if, if, if you're into these people as a tag team, then you know their love for one another is, uh, and that, that came out wrong, but it's exactly how I meant it. Their love for one another means something. Like their relationship is strong and important. And so to me, the, the roller coaster of emotion it takes me on is, man, when, and I always looked at it from my brother's stamp, standpoint, too. If I'm on the ring apron and I'm tagging with my brother, and that's how I looked at Billy, and they're beating up my brother, when you tag me, I'm going to do everything I can to beat up everybody in the ring, and the referee better duck as well. 
And so so it's something about that drama and that emotional roller coaster. Now, look, if that hot tag's not there, and I know we're going to talk about that uh, coming up here, but if that hot tag's not there, you, you can draw the similarity to a singles match with a comeback. But in the comeback, you have to... You know, you have to build up from from getting the heat. You have to fight up a little bit. You can't just go zero to hero is what we call it. And and I think that's, to me, that's the difference is you have, now you have relationships involved in the ring. And so it's another layer of, can I get to my, my guy that we have this great relationship, we're great friends and tag him, and then he's going to come in here and make it all right. You know what I mean, yep. and uh, and then of course at the end you have the feedback in and the meltdown and the whole deal and and uh, look, I just think there's magic in tag team wrestling. I've always thought there was, and we're going to talk about some of the individuals who uh, influenced me in that coming up here in this uh, in this podcast. For you personally, did you like working in a tag team more than doing singles matches? So, so again, you know me, I'm uh, honest to a fault. And, uh, and I'm an open book. I only had to do half the work then. And, and and that's how I looked at it. I could literally do half the work and the other half, I could focus on my uh, performance. And so I looked at it as I know I'm they're gonna beat me up in the match. And this was our matches with me and Billy because that's what you do. You look, I was not the strong uh, athlete of the duo. I don't know if you noticed that or not. <laughs> I was the guy who was decent with the mic in his hand. Billy was the man, you know what I mean? And so I would take the heat because it's believable you beat me up. I'm not the at most athletic guy in the world. Then I tag the, 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 the human bovine, Billy Gunn, and he comes in bucking and snotting and snorting and knocking mother flippers down. You know what I mean? And that's that to me was that electric. In a good tag match, the hardest thing that I would ever be hit with in the whole match was the hot tag from Billy Gunn. Because if he felt it, if he was feeling that energy and I was fighting to him and the people cared, he would break my wrist near about tagging me. And I just felt sorry for the people coming across the ring because I knew, mate, y'all are about to get hit by a man. <laughs> so you brought up the differences in, in both of your styles in that he was the athlete and you were the entertainer. What yeah. do you think makes a good team? Well, look, I think it's I think it's definitely that the chemistry and whether it's at one's an entertainer, one's an athlete or one's big and one's small, one's strong and one's not. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's I think you you uh, again, manipulate the, the positives of your relationship. And and it just so happens that Billy and I worked great together. You could beat me up, and you I, I could cut a promo good enough to make you care about me. So when you're beating me up, you want to see me tag Billy. Um, and so that's where we went from there. It was hit the bong resin. Hit you the got bong. it, man. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the dog. I love that I didn't hear the dog growling before. <gasps> All right. We'll, we'll that was get a us deep back one. on track. Yeah. And, and just talking about each of you and, and making the elements of a good tag team. I'm going to move it forward then. What causes that good chemistry you talked about? And I'll, re, I'll reword that question. Can chemistry be created or is it something that only happens naturally? I, I think it's the latter. And, and that's, look, I could be proven wrong, um, but I think it's the latter. I think it's something that is above me and you and teachable. Uh, elements, you know what I mean. I think it's something we have a connection with each other. We had a uh, immediate connection with each other 
with me and Billy because we were friends and we were working together against each other. And so we developed a good relationship. Right. I had a great relationship with Hunter, with Sean, with X-Pac, with China, um, developing these relationships. And I think that's what that's what causes chemistry. I don't think chemistry can be taught. I, I just I just don't. Again, these are all my opinions. <laughs> they are not fact because none of this is a science. But and I have seen people work before where they weren't opposites, you know, opposites attract where they were, where they were bookends and it still worked really well. And we'll talk about some of those tag teams coming up as well. Do you remember or know of any teams that were really great in the ring, but they didn't actually get along or like each other? Yeah. I, the rock and roll express. Like I look, I think they get along, but to this day, if you are around any of them, when Ricky's not standing there, Robert's buried him. When Robert's not standing there, Ricky's buried him. <laughs> so I look, that's that's also old school. And so that's just kind of how it's a rough crowd, you know, like I mentioned. Um, but they play rough. So so I you don't know if they don't like each other or if they just are playing the game. Uh, but look, I know Hawk and Animal got in several fist fights, actual fist fights over it. When you're in that kind of a relationship, me and Billy didn't get along up front. We have a, our relationship today a hundred times better than it was back then because we were two different people and his a part of his life is going to the gym and working out and eating right and that was not a part of my life then and sadly enough it's not a part of my life now um i'm i'm you know thinking i should probably change that uh but the opposites attracted it's not all it's not a science so you could have bookends the rockers think the fabulous ones the fantastics the the uh, Rock and Roll Express, you know, the people that dress the same and look the same and do tag team moves. You ever see me, me and Billy do? We've done one tag team move in our whole life, I think. It was a Tombstone pile driver. Talk about making his neck stiff. Mick, Mick Foley took a blue chew. His neck's been stiff for a week. <laughs> Promo code DOG. <laughs> D-O-double-G. Do you find that most teams do get along, and do they travel together usually, or do they try to still have some sort of independence so that they're not always together? Yeah, I, look, I think I think that goes, uh, you know, on a case by case basis. Also, look, look, me and Billy didn't travel together a lot. I would ride with Sean, uh, with Hunter in China, and sit in the back seat and smoke a joint out the window so they wouldn't smell it you know what i mean or try to whatever and then i would go to the hotel and go to sleep and they would go eat and go to the gym and do all the you know do all this stuff that i should have been doing but i don't um and so yeah it was we didn't always ride together billy was was billy had friends before i got there that he was riding with and so i rode with him some but not all the time me and x-pop rode together a lot even if we weren't teammates we rode together a lot because we had similar similar ambitions <laughs> of all the years that you've witnessed tag teams in locker rooms, have you noticed a trend of teams uh, of, of something that makes them successful? Obviously, you said the chemistry and you talk bookends and opposites attract. But is there something about a big guy and a small guy, a brawler and a flyer, a talker and a technician? Is, is, there, is there any trends that really come forth and bring forth a really great tag team? Well, look, I think we've, what we've seen be successful, and again, this is all opinion-based, what we've seen be successful is Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash, the littler guy and the big guy, the little guy who runs his mouth and the big guy that backs it up. We saw Enzo and Cass. We saw me and Billy to a to a yeah. different extent. I was as tall as him. I just wasn't as fit. Um, so we know that will work. If you got a little scrappy guy and a big guy that'll that'll back him up, that that combination will work. What what I think was cool about me and Billy, 
was, and I hate to keep going back to me, but it's my personal point of reference, you know, is we were literally couldn't have been any further apart from each other as to how, how we lived our lives. Right. It was totally opposites in real life. And for some reason, but for some reason, it just worked. And it, our relationship today, look, I had a couple weeks ago, I had a scare with vertigo at, a, at an autograph signing and I had to go to the emergency room. Billy Gunn, when I came out of getting uh, an EKG, Billy Gunn was sitting there in the emergency room and sat there next to me for and left the con and everything. And and like it it opened my eyes and, and let me know. Like it's also, I've been thinking about this tag team wrestling thing. I guess I'm one of the lucky ones that my tag team partner is probably my closest one of, if not the closest friend I have. And a, and a brother that I could call right now and say anything to, and he would do anything he could to help me. That's who my tag team partner was. So I guess I'm spoiled uh, that we also happen to have really good chemistry and work well off of each other. But we also have a sixth sense that I know, uh, you know, sounds uh, crazy, but Ron and Bradshaw had it too. You, you know where the other guy's going to be and when he's going to be there. And when you have that kind of unspoken knowledge of each other's uh i guess actions and behaviors man you can you can adapt and mold and and bend and oh billy's being this way well i could stand behind him and do this you know what i mean it's and you just work together with what you got so i don't know i probably him hauled around that no, that was great man and it also transitioned well because you're talking about positioning and being in places and knowing where the other person is we always hear the term psychology in wrestling so talk to me about tag team psychology and and cutting a man off and, and yeah. you brought it up to build to the hot tag yeah and cut the ring in half you know what i mean and that's the totally the whole idea behind it and it's what i love about it too is because it ev evokes emotion if you are attached to that baby face who is selling at all and that good guy his partner is standing on the apron with his hand out going come on just tag me and they've just done a big double down if you're not emotionally invested then and i don't know what to do the guys are doing it wrong i don't know what to tell you you know what i mean but if they're doing it right you get emotionally invested whether you want to or not and once that hot tag is made and, and uh and here he comes, and he's got to be a ball of fire. I'm going to get back to your question here in a minute. I already forgot about it, but i got another thing I want to bring up. Yep. Um, what I see nowadays a lot is, and, and look, this is, again, is opinion-based because it's all pro wrestling, is hot tag, springboard over the guy, hit the ropes, run under a clothesline, drop kick him in the knee. Good Lord, you're avoiding confrontation with the guy who's been beating the crap out of your best friend uh, or brother in some cases for the last five minutes and you get hot, hot tagged and you think about jumping over people and sliding under people. No, you need to start punching people. When you get the hot tag, you start knocking people down. Um, and if you can't knock them down, you start staggering them and chopping the tree down. Uh, but you should be beating people up when that hot tag comes. That's so, so what was the original question again? Psychology, Ryan, I'm sorry. And you're yeah. yeah. That, I, I am getting in that into that. So, so I think it's, Look, I think the bad guy's got to cheat. I think that's what you can do, and it's easier in a tag team. Uh, but but the the art is lost uh, today a little bit. the The trick behind cheating behind the ref's back is you really have to cheat behind the ref's back. Like if you, it's the one thing in the in the ring that's real is like I'm really gonna not really hit him, but I'm really gonna do it when the ref's not looking, and that way. 
everybody's safe and you look like a cheater because you did it behind the official's back. It's visual. You get that. Oh, the, and so nowadays people just do stuff right in front of the ref, and, just, and none of it matters. There's no disqualification. But, yeah, there's no often. DQs. We're like, holy crap, that guy just beat him up on the outside and threw him back in the ring. That's not legal, is it? Well, some places it is. Um, so that to me, that's all the stuff that evokes emotion into me. Um, same as if when Ricky you know, fought Flair for the title a couple of times, you got with Ricky because he sells great and he's an underdog. Um I don't know if Ricky would have won the title, would people would have not believed it. You know what I mean? That was a different time, and he was a little guy. Now you bought his crap because he was real and he sold and he was scrappy. Yeah. But if they would have, if he would have won the title, people might have gone like, "Oh, that's not. Wait, that's, it's funner to watch him chase it." You know what I mean? You brought up referees. How important is a referee to tag team wrestling in terms of communicating between the four of you in the ring? Yeah, so he is he is even more important in the tag match because there's more ears that need to hear everything. Um, and, and I'm talking about time cues. I'm talking about uh, passing spots back and forth. I'm talking about, you know, uh, t- tell him I'm coming back in to arm drag me and whatever, you know. So, so he's uber important. But look, referee in a singles match is that important too. So a, g- a great tag match takes five people that know exactly what they're doing and exactly where they're supposed to be and when they're supposed to be there. And it just so happened that back in the Dizzy, there were there were a lot of good tag teams that could do that. How is a tag match different in structure than a singles match? Yeah, yeah. So we we touched on that a, a second, but I I feel like it can be structured in the same way. Now, look, and I'll, I'll touch on this, and and I may have to come back uh, to you to remind me about the question. But the the construction of matches to me, the old tried and true formula is shine, heat, hope comeback finish that's that's my five that's my five again shine heat hope comeback finish and i and i separate comeback and finish because look the heel may go over babyface may get a big comeback and it looked great like he's doing it and the heel small packages and pulls his tights and wins and scoots out you know what i mean whatever but so you can execute matches you could start in the heat if you wanted to uh if you're ti- if you have time constraints so you can execute matches in a million different ways the way I think you can execute a tag and a singles match is similar. And, and like I said, it's about the, the, the baby face looks good up front. Hence the word shine. The, the bad guy stops him and shuts him down. Now we're in the heat. Now the hope is where you get the three elbows in the, in the gut, hit the ropes, but I shut you back down. So that just was giving me a little bit of hope as a baby face. Like, oh, he's still got some fight in him. Oh, but he's still there. Now we go into the comeback sequence. So my point is, you can do both of those things in a singles and a tag match. The Again, the part I love about the tag team uh, match is the dynamic of the relationship between the tag team members. Because I think that's where, if they have a strong relationship and you're emotionally invested into them as a tag team wrestler, uh, a couple of tag team wrestlers together, like, now I got you. Now you're hooked. And now when I'm laying down selling and going to tag him, like, I don't know, it just feels like there's so much more on the line to dig in for that tag than to dig in and making my own comeback. Uh, a lot of the times, if you just kind of make your own comeback, it throws away every bit of heat that you just got on me. You just beat me up for four minutes. And, and now, you know, now we're, we just threw all that away. So, so it's, you know, I think you can construct them the same way. I just think there's more emotion in a tag match. And that's because, again, the dynamic of the relationships. 
This is all, <laughs> I want to preface it with my opinion. Uh, I don't want this, you know, the, the real smart guys to come in here and tell me how stupid I am. As someone who's done it all, seen it all, and still sees people doing it, is there a suggestion, trick, or tip you would give to current teams on the scene that you think would help their matches today? Yeah, look, I think some of, some of the things I said, and I, look, I also know I sound like a bitter old man. I, I realize that, and it doesn't fall on deaf ears. I hear it. And, and I don't mean to sound that way, but I do think, because look, the tempo has picked up. Whether I like it, whether you like it, the tempo has picked up. Now, we're going to talk about some of the things that I think suffer in that, in that you know, when that happens. And one of the, thing I, one of the things I think is is selling. Like, you cannot, if you're going in this fast pace, you can't sell these things as much as you should. And especially the bigger the move gets, and they're getting pretty friggin' big, is you're just popping back up and going into another sequence right after that. And, and so that's the bitter old man in me. I think we could meet in the middle and and make it a little more realistic it's just very we've gone very far and nothing hurts me and i understand it gets a decent reaction when somebody super kicks me and i recoil into the ropes and then come right back and rip their head off with the clothesline okay that got a pop but what did it do to the credibility and i i know i can't believe i'm saying this about pro wrestling but the credibility of the contest you know what i mean like what and so that's that's my old bitter uh rant what was the question again, Ryan? I mean, we were talking about tips for the for the youngsters coming up to make their matches better, but it makes sense. So I think I, slowing I think, down and selling. Yeah, I think my message would then be sell. And, and and look, I think you sell appropriately. I'm not telling you if the guy hits you with a super kick and hits you in the shoulder, you don't have to sell your jaw or be knocked out. You can go down and hold your shoulder and get back up like, oh, he just barely got me. You know what's coming next if you've already put this stuff together. You know where you need to be for the next thing. You can sell it accordingly. And by but what I mean is by how you get hit, wherever you get hit, sell that. Because you. what I hate is when you see somebody get choked over the top ropes and their arms are over the ropes, you know they're choked, their throat didn't hit it but yet they still sell back holding their throat. And it's like, you can do the exact same sell and make it more realistic by just selling your underarm. Like, God darn, that hurt. Yeah. That rope pinched me and create a bunch of space, walk away, come back around, and there we are right back where we needed to be. So I just think making things look like they're difficult, selling more, taking your time. Uh, I think the storytelling that they're doing is, is good. They got it down pat. I just think, you know, I just got to get used to this fast tempo this fast tempo. But look, I would also tell them, you know, you don't feel your stuff out and 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 listen to your instincts. You got somewhere uh, or wherever you're at now by, by kind of doing what you do. So if, if I watch their matches, I would have some feedback for them. But until then, I don't know that there's any, you know, other than tuck your chin and communicate in the ring. Because look, I, I think that's one of the most important things in the entire uh, communication in the ring if you don't have that or it's broken or it's lost or we're we're lost and now we're we're somebody's going to get hurt and we're into the danger zone and it's none of it's going to look good <laughs> when talking about the speed and the pace do you think that pretty much every wrestler goes through a point in an epiphany in their career where they realize i should slow down yeah yeah smarter sm happens? 
smarter, not harder. I mean, that's the whole that's the whole mantra, right? Is when you get a little wiser, and you will look. When me and Billy were we were beating the crap out of the Road Warriors, we were beating the crap out of Mick Foley and 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 uh, Terry Funk. We were beating the crap out of Bradshaw. Look, they were beating the crap out of us too. But that's just how it went. You know what I mean? That's just how how we did it. So. Uh, you guys are men that like to eat some potatoes. <laughs> like that. We like potatoes. You know what I'm saying? It was just how it was, too, at the time. Look, five years from then, I'm going, man, we don't have to do all I got to do is my jabs, and then I'll sell down in the buckle and let you kick me in the turnbuckle a couple times. So, then so we'll, back you know, then, everyone potatoed everyone, and today oh, we yes. just drop each other on their, <laughs> on their heads. heads. Yes, yes. <laughs> and kick each other really hard today. Uh, but I was doing that back then, too. Um, but you know what it is when you're young and hungry and in that, in that, it's not stiff. It's just you just play rough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's not nobody's punching anybody in the face. And if somebody gets their nose broke, it's an accident. And and everybody kind of understands that. And what was also different back then is if you had a problem with somebody when you got to the back, you settled it. And that was that. And the next right. night you went about your business. You know what I mean? Nowadays, it's, uh, you know, that wouldn't happen. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I was a fan of physicality. I liked getting a little snug but oh yeah i don't know if i could take it anymore these days well that's <laughs> all and so, so in my and, life. yeah and so how do i how do i do that what and, and so and look at some point it begins you you realize you're mortal and it begins you begin to question your your longevity and you go like okay i can't continue uh, hitting people as hard as i can and jumping off the top rope and doing all this what can i do that's equally and again the secret is maximize your strengths, minimize your weaknesses, and and dance around it. Bullcrap the bullcrappers. What turned you into being such a fan of tag team wrestling? So when I was real young, I was my dad, of course, was uh, one of the owners and and part booker of Continental Championship Wrestling and yeah. Southeastern Championship Wrestling, and it might have even been Southeastern at the time. Excuse me, I was real young. And there was a tag team called the Nightmares, and it was Danny Davis of uh, who? Where did o- uh, OVW. OVW fame? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that everybody knows from that. And Kenny Wayne, which is uh, everybody knows him for something different, and we'll leave that there. Um, but it was Kenny Wayne and Danny Davis, and they worked as the Nightmares, and they had trunks just alike. Their bodies looked very similar, and they wore masks that were exactly alike with a one big star over uh, one eye. And so they could do the twin magic. They 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 did. They were from Memphis or where, and so they did Memphis tag team spots that that were both entertaining. Uh, they could turn it on as as and his heels and get heat, good heat, or they could be taking entertaining butt whooping. You know what I mean? And so yeah. when I saw them at a young age, and they weren't they're not big dudes. They were not, but they they got away with the stuff because they were sneaky and cheated and. And also the one move uh, Kenny Wayne would do, he'd get clotheslined over the top rope and hit his head on the apron going down. And I stole that from him, and I used to do that all my whole early career. I would try to hit my head going down on the clotheslines over the top because I just thought, for once I thought he broke his neck, and I thought that's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And so then I watched him do it time and time again, and I thought, I'm going to do that when I get there. And you did. So the first time you tried that, did you did you spike yourself or did you? Uh, no, 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 no. I missed the whole apron because <laughs> I was I, I I went too fast and my end of the hands hit the apron. I, my head was nowhere near it. But I I perfected it at a time, and it's almost like you can spike yourself a little bit if you do it. You ever seen Van Dam take a RKO? Yep. 
Uh, you know what I mean? So they kind of prop themselves. Morrison can do it too. Yeah, you can kind of end up doing that on the apron, and it looks like it spikes yourself too. So it's yeah. It was uh, once I got a little heavier, I stopped doing that. <laughs> Dog, what's your favorite tag team match of all time? So pressure. Yeah, no. It's, it looked the, the first one that popped in my mind, and because I thought about this, and the more I thought, the the crazier I went inside my head. Was uh, Rock and Roll Express versus the Andersons? Like and that was I, I, Starcade '86. Starcade '86. So I was a uh, uh, junior in high school. You know what I mean? So so literally, like this is, and I think I don't even know if this is true, but I feel like maybe Brad was on that show in a different match or so. I don't know. I may be I may be wrong there. Mm-hmm. What what I love about it is the Andersons at that time were just ruthless you know what i mean like it wasn't it wasn't a road warriors thing where they come at you like a helicopter of fists and feet it was a diabolical uh you know dissection of their opponents and it was it was in a way because Ole was a mean old booger and he would just beat the crap out of people and then they would pray to get arn in there because arn could work and uh and so but but the way they worked was believable and and rock and roll are these underdogs that you just know can't survive this onslaught. And so again, it ties into the emotions and and uh, and the dynamic of the relationships. And now there's the Andersons. Are they are they blood? Are they not? The rock and roll's been together forever. And uh, you know, it's just the whole dynamic is interesting to me, man. Can you believe that the rock and roll is still doing shows? Still doing it. Here, I just man. saw them at a signing not long ago, and they worked that night. And I, like I thought to myself. I couldn't walk to the ring right now, I don't think. And and Ricky's doing suicide dives. Uh, so yeah, I remember it's crazy. that moment of embarrassment when Rhea Ripley won the championship and I was sent into the ring for the celebration with all the fans and just <laughs> jumping up from that celebration, my legs were shaking in exhaustion. <laughs> and I was like, what is wrong with me? And yeah. how did I let myself go get so here. bad? Yeah, how did I get here? Oh, I remember now. <laughs> yeah, a little it's, bit of- it's just a flashback of me and donuts and ho-hos yeah and that <laughs> all right i think we can maybe pull up those clues later and maybe watch some of that if we have some time but let me keep yeah and even right if we now. even if we don't uh go look up that match because look it was a beating and there were times of of you'll see what i'm talking about with the hope of, of fighting back and 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 then oh here they go and they take it away from you and i don't know man i just love well, it i love that a good back into the psychology and controlling the emotion of the crowd and bringing them on that roller oh, yeah. coaster and, and, and see there's no again those are written rules too and again this is just my opinion but these are things that are unsaid that if a baby face is too is down too long he needs to start fighting back and because he he should be able to feel now I'm just getting punked out. Now I'm just getting beat up. Like you know what I mean? Now I'm I'm not in this match at all. So if I feel like I, you've been beating on me too long, I'm going to fight back. Now, as a babe as a excuse me, as a heel, you got to know and and in in my day the heel was kind of the general of the ring for the most part. Um he's got to know how much to give you of that hope. Like he's not going to let you run a spot with him. You know what I mean? Or I wouldn't anyway, especially if this was the first hope spot. Now, if you did another hope spot later after some longer heat and you actually went into a shoot, reverse, block, block, oh, and he cut, shut you off again, I get that. But up front, we want to do the elbow, elbow, hit the ropes, blam, me, whatever, and shut me right back down. And so it's up to the heel and the baby face, the antagonist and the protagonist, to know their role 
and then just do it. You know what I mean? It's unspoken. It's you should know as a heel how much heat you've put on me, how long I should throw that hope spot for, and then it's up to you to shut me back down. I feel like people don't know that or people don't do that anymore. And look, maybe it's just was my how I came up and, and everybody's different, but I feel like communication is the key. And if we can uh, hit the bong shot. The bong. Yeah. Yep, you're getting shot. <laughs> Communication is key. We're going to keep it back on track because you're talking about all this and you're, and you're answering these right on point. Hey, so, and I'm actually jacked about this. I don't know if you can tell, but I, this is, I love this. Man, this is talking about the, the, the passion that I have for the industry is in the construction of matches. Like I loved helping the Usos put together a comeback and we would just get in the ring and just talk and it was I don't know. It's so great. And what, what was even a, even a bigger challenge to me was when I got back up there, Vince said, you can't double feed. What I mean by double feed is the guy who's in the rain or who's on the apron cannot just run in there and do something. That's a disqualification. However, you're allowed one save per match. So you can come in there and break up a save in order to constitute a false finish. You know what I mean? Yes. You're allowed to do that. Uh, and that's creative liberty, of course. Um, Holy mackerel. Yeah. Okay. But, the, but, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm with you. Uh, I feel like I'm, I took some of Billy Gunn's gunpowder before we went on the air. But no, so this was about, uh, I just plugged Billy Gunn's gunpowder. And it's good Crazy. stuff. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, apparently it is. Product and, uh, and make it happen. I mean, we got to so, spread, so what, we'll spread it around. Get me back on track, Ryan. Well, you, you, you actually were getting into the transition of what I was going to ask next. Oh, okay. And that's, how have you seen tag team wrestling from when your dad was doing it and you were watching as a kid to when you got in it in the late 90s and now evolve just as an art form? Yeah. So, so for sure, like if you used to watch, they didn't have a hot tag and stuff like when dad was on early they would just get in and you'd you'd run a comeback and they'd shut you down or you'd tag your guy back in and they'd shut him down again and it was like oh that the hope spot was almost like a tag and let the guy flurry tag back in and you shut him down again it was like oh it was almost like a hope spot so it was basically four guys having two separate matches depending on two who was in the ring at the time it was a lot of just four guys in there doing the thing like it turned it, it kind of evolved when they found out oh we can work together and we can do you know what i mean we can do all these things uh in cahoots with uh, i can also use oh sorry i'm reading i'm reading what kaufman wrote uh so, sorry about that steve steve <laughs> our director i want to shout out to him it's his birthday today yeah no, it's, happy birthday no it's, no it's not um <laughs> Yeah, we're just we're just having fun. But look, it evolves because you figure out what works. <laughs> I love that one actually. But you figure out what works. That was the eyes on the mask. Remember when the mask turned into the wolf? It was like, ooh. Um Amazing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's look, it's been evolving. And so it evolved to where you got the rock and roll express doing and at that there was a time and period where it was all of those guys I mentioned earlier, the fabs. The Fantastics, the Rock and Roll Express, the Rockers, the, you know, the, I don't know, the Mountie, whoever you keep going as people dressed alike, wrestling alike. And, and it started evolving and you realize, oh, we can get a good pop if we do a false tag behind the ref's back. You know what I mean? Like when the ref's not looking, I tag, I come in, oh, we get a great. But again, that's evoking emotion. You know what I mean? That's reaching out and, and going past, look at me and reaching into your heart and going, feel something for me. 
uh, whether you hate me or whether you love me, feel something for me. And then if I can get you to feel something for me, we're in hog heaven. So we got a lot of legends of wrestling that have podcasts now. We have a lot of interest from the fans of history and expanding their knowledge of what the past was and how it relates to building a future in this industry. Do you see a resurgence of any sort of classic old school style returning to tag team wrestling? For sure. Look, and I think the number one person or, or people that you can call to right there is FTR. I think they have... Uh, kind of gone back to that. And I think that's what's their claim to fame today is they almost went back to an Anderson uh, formula. So both those guys can work are great workers. Like yeah. there's no doubt about that. They, excuse me, they went to that Anderson formula of literal dissection and, and yeah. picking people apart. And then they can add, of course, the false finishes and all that stuff that's new and fast paced. And so I think they're the ones that are hearkening back to, uh, old school tag team wrestling. And I think they're appreciated for that. You know what I mean? I think the people kind of think, feel the same way. Like, oh, these guys are over because they're, they're doing it old school. Uh, and, I, and I think they are. You know what I mean? So kudos to them. I don't see a lot of it in other places, though. I'll tell you what I do see. And, of course, I'm, I'm hawking his uh, bulletproof pre-workout. I may as well hawk his children, too. Absolutely. But the, the ass boys are very entertaining. Um, like, so entertaining that it stands out because everybody else is trying to be this serious wrestler. So if they can, because they're both young in this industry, if they can figure out how to have that kind of fun and then turn it on when it's time uh, to, to where you look like you're an ass kicker, but you're also really fun to watch, you know what I mean, and entertaining, they, they will have the tiger by the tail, that's for sure. I, I got to say, I was entertained by Austin on his E-Rant show. That 100%. He did, which, like, 100%, he, dude. He came off so, so good on that show. Hey, what a good kid. What a good, respectful kid. Everybody else is spoiled brats. Yep. He's a good, respectful kid with a ton of energy and a ton of charisma. Like, I'd been doing these signings. Well, look, I knew him since he was born, uh, but I never knew him like I know him today. Because today I've been doing with these, these signings and spending a lot of time with him as a peer. And he is hilarious. He is, he, I'm, it's tough to keep up with him. And that's saying something for me because I feel like I got a quick tongue. Uh, but man, he is quick witted and entertaining. All right, why don't we take a minute to maybe pull the Starcade match and maybe some other clips or something. And while we're doing that, let's take a listen to Conrad, who wants to help you get into your first house or save money on your mortgage or pay off your credit card payments with the refinance, with the price of everything going up nowadays, saving on your housing and all that could be a big help. So let's find out how we could save with Conrad, come back and check out a match, and then maybe break into the Mount Rushmore of tag teams. Oh, God, I'm scared. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. If you could change one thing about your home, what would it be? A new kitchen, a new master bath, maybe put in a pool. What if you could do it with no money out of pocket and cheaper monthly payments? Savewithconrad.com can help, and you can even skip your next two house payments. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender, savewithconrad.com. 
we're back and talking tag team wrestling with the Hall of Fame tag team wrestler. And that gives you some pretty good credibility to talk on this subject. Before we I have no in, idea what was going on there. I know. I just, you're taking a drink. <laughs> the music hits. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. I got all amped up, too. It's chaos. Before we get into other tag teams, uh, let, let's maybe see if Steve could pull this match up. Uh, I think it might have been clip eight, as we said. Clip eight. Oh, yeah. Look, Here look, watch. Look, he's just bullying him already. Just bullying him. And I just remember this was like, oh, there's nowhere they can go. Oh. Yeah, See, absolutely. The Oli, Oli never stops moving forward. He and he's aggressive, and he's uh, and you just that's the way you get out of it is you duck and dodge, and that and that makes you the underdog from the get go. Without you can't articulate that, but you see it as a viewer, you know. And then look, steps and, in like a tough guy. I mean, look at just the burly nature in the size. You see what's going down force. now. M- M- Marty, uh, excuse me, Arn saw Tommy Young turn his back and immediately went and cut Robert off, and now we're into some heat. Uh, and it was done cheaply. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And now, see, see, see how they, yeah, they kind of just go back and forth a lot, especially the cage. You can't do too much. But, but man, what a uh, when There's they a get different realness and aggression going on right here. A hundred percent. Stakes are high right now. <laughs> yes, yes. It was a big fight feel, and it was look. They they didn't have the big beautiful cages back then, but it was Rock and Roll Express versus the Andersons inside a steel cage. Like, and it was. You're going to see in some of this, they're going to shut Ricky down here and beat the crap out of him, and it's just heart-wrenching. You know what I mean? But like you said, Ryan, there's a, you can see there's a, like they have to keep fighting to get out of there, fighting to get out of there. He comes in, bing, bang, boom, but they'll shut him down too somehow. Um, it's just watching the strikes is what's really so impressive of watching the old school of how, oh, took how much people worked on it. Took a big bump. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, the, look, if you, and, and it's kind of that way today, but not, to the extent, if you don't have a good punch, you dang sure ain't going to be a baby face. You know what I mean? Like, that was just the way it was. And and nowadays you can get away with, but even Daniel Bryan started throwing good punches. And he worked on that when he was the champion and we had him that weed title or the hemp title, whatever it was. Yep, yep. Uh, he worked on his punch. Look at that shot right there. See, that's, to me, that's that's it, man. See, that's, for me, that's... that makes it, it makes it look a little small. The tighter, oh, the does tighter it? works it for me. That made it look a little too small, and now as yeah. we get tight into it, I I I feel the larger than life connection take. Yeah, place. yeah, I, I and I totally get that, but I know that they're somewhere, and it's probably sold out. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and so so there's people out there you just couldn't see them in that shot. But I see what you're saying for sure. I, I also love the way that every time Arn stepped into the ring, he kind of spread the lads. Oh yeah, up yeah, a yeah, yeah. Bit. He, Made Look, it's, it's, it's mannerisms, it's body language, it's, it's everything a person can see. How do I tell the story to the viewer without saying a word? And so it's literally every move you do in there from step to, to you know, whatever is, has to be calculated. You know what I mean? You have to be thinking about that because people can see you. And so what are you going to do to make it look like you're really in a contest, like you're really in a physical altercation? And that's what Arn's doing. Yeah, you know? we just saw a great technical exchange of chain wrestling, counter-counter, and then Ricky popped Arn in the face. Just <laughs> once again, bringing that realness of, as you said, it's a fight. It's not about showing a showcase of fancy moves. It's about trying to put the other man down and win. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe they got heat on Robert here because <laughs> that was a good heat spot. Yeah. I just can't believe they mixed up the old tried and true heat on Ricky. But Ricky throws a hell of a comeback. You know what I mean? So. Yep. 
You never can tell. And they may do double heat. You know what I mean? I don't think we should watch the whole thing because it might get it might get really long. But um, I'm dang sure love watching it and just talking about the wrestling. You see, he just never lets up. You know what I mean? Like he's always like Robert's always trying to get to his corner, and the bad guy is always stopping him. You know what I mean? And that's and that's it has to be that way, or else. Again, I can't articulate it, but as a viewer, I can see this is not. They're not trying to hurt each other at all you know what i mean and i think somewhere along the line we got to get back to that a little bit you know what i mean it can still be a it can still be an acrobatics act if you want to as we trans uh transition later in the episode to the mount rushmore we're going to get into essentially favorite and top teams that you have let's talk about your own matches was there any match uh, or matches where you got to wrestle some of your favorite oh, guys. Where look, when you Ricky's, got to the look, arena. Ricky's getting color. <laughs> he just Throwing got it. He just got his blade. So I was right. It's a bloody selling Ricky Morton. I knew. I, I thought I had it right anyway. Um, but yeah, you saw him. He just ran right into that fence, right, right down, and then you'll see Tommy Young probably get something from him in a second. <laughs> Make the exchange. Yeah, or you may put it back in his tights or in his mouth. I don't know. Uh, just crazy stuff, but yeah, it was wilded me out too. Um, but like, look, and now, now, now it's now it's people crying in the front row. You know what I mean? Now it's the oh my god, they got him. Their heroes are you know hurt, pummeled, mutilated, yeah, and beaten bloody. Yep, by these two bully brutes. You know what I mean? The the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. So, so going back to you and your chance to wrestle some of your favorite teams, teams that you may even have on your list of Mount Rushmore, were there any teams in particular that stood out when you got to the arena? It was like, this is like a dream come true. These were my favorites. Um, well, getting like, look, I got to work with uh, Booker T and, and Stevie Ray a lot early on, and they were some of my favorites watching. They had just gotten started, and by the time I got in there, I got to work with them a lot. Um, loved working with the Road Warriors because they were – and we'll find out that they they were definitely on my Mount Rushmore, um, and I got to work with them. And then what they did for me in my career, uh, out of selflessness, uh, is is goes without saying. It's it's will never be forgotten. You know. Cool. I mean, as we're skimming through a little bit, kind of getting to the finish. Yeah, but you see, the they're they've got the dog injured. They've got the, the they've got the guy down, injured and bleeding, and. Uh, Oh. 86. I was 10 years old watching this at this time. Holy and this is what I, lo- I, I I was a huge NWA fan. I, I watched everything I could, but it was just something about the realism and the grit and the rawness. I mean, do you see? He just he took the to, took the buckle with his shoulder, sold his shoulder, and Ole went right to this. And this is just an arm bar, but it's placed specifically in that spot to uh magnify the oh the injured shoulder and then he did it rough looking and yeah, it was just an arm bar putting his full body into yeah it with yeah and, 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 and moving and body english and and it just looks like oh my god how's he going to continue his arm's going to fall off you know what i mean <laughs> dropped it down delivered an aggressive and pounding stomp and then it <laughs> yes everything and continue to double team it poor it, poor slam here poor ricky morton I was always a big fan of Hammerlock Body Slam too. Oh yeah, yeah. I was so always looking. scared to take it because I didn't it's know. Scary looking. Yeah, it is. The same with repelling. Like repelling, you have to put your hand behind your back, or the rope won't stop. And so I didn't. I just don't believe that'll work like that. Oh DDT, double down. Oh, 
and then Holy just stops him with aggression. Yeah, there I figure. There's just here we such go. intensity behind it right there. And then just no no <laughs> Tommy, letting off on the right. Tommy Young. But see, now we're right back into we had a cool hope spot with a DDT and everything, arm selling. Now look, Oli's just in there. There was no tag, so that's heat. You know what I mean? It was just so looking at this area. But see how Arn Arn is still selling the the DDT the from a minute ago. You know what I mean? And so he'll he'll continue to sell that until he gets tagged back in. And that's look, he's over there barely hanging on. You know what I mean? Like moving his appendages and stuff. Like am I still here? So that's the kind of mindset you got to be working from when you break that curtain and you break it again coming back. You're working in between all at all points in between. Amazing stuff. I think let's just transition to a finish and we'll get out of this one right here. Oh, look at Ricky. Got good color and that blonde hair. Always. Look, still working the arm. You know what I mean? This is heat in a cage match and they're working the arm. Uh one of the matches I'm gonna talk about. Yes, one of the matches I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about and, and it's it's actually apropos and I didn't know this, but was, was like the uh oh look the big knee. Uh <laughs> there's the heat. <laughs> Um, but like New Day and the Usos, when they had that Hell in the Cell match, they did so many awesome, innovative things. But it just makes me think, uh, you know, rewind 30 years and they had an arm bar in the, in the middle of the cage. And, and it was really serious. You know Once what I mean? Again, for those that can see, you'll see the pressure of that arm bar. Just a simple arm bar, but it doesn't look like yeah. a simple arm bar. It looks like he's trying to tear his arm out of socket. It, yes, and that's Ole Anderson for you. And also, Ricky is uh, bleeding like a stuck pig. Um, and so here they there they go into the quick comeback. It's probably a double knockout. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> that is my favorite spot in tag team wrestling because I'll shoot a guy off and I'll say, drop down, turn around. And all I do is drop down one time, he leaps over me, I spin around as I stand up and we double knockout. And I, I literally, man, I got it from there uh, because I love this match. But uh, I love that spot too. Billy hates it. He used to yell at me because I was lazy. Because <laughs> I'd do the same spot every time. Both men working for the tag, and this is the hot tag build. Even No, it's cut off right there. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. And look, that's over time you can evolve that, too. Once it's established that that's the hot tag, oh, here it goes, here it goes. Oh, take and you take away. it away from me again. It's just building anticipation for the actual hot tag. Yeah, I forgot. I'm sorry. I forgot people are, are not watching on YouTube, uh, and we're just going off about how great this match is. No, but you're calling the action and kind of giving the breakdown of what and yeah, why try, things Trying are to. Trying to. Uh, and, and again, it's all under the pretenses of psychology, tag team wrestling. And this is what you love so much to see. Oh, God, and look. It, look at Arn, too. Arn was so good. The miss He was so good. and so, seemed believable. Oh, yeah, because he threw unbelievable. Look, Ricky fell down. Yeah. <laughs> in a non-wrestling bump way too. did you see that i mean yeah. and now so all they did was add that one cool spot where ricky looked even tougher and oh i thought <laughs> oh, they got me right then they got knocking me knocking him out of the ring into the cage yeah i keep saying him i should say ricky ricky yeah <laughs> pronouns god pronouns ryan katz uh, but that's a great ruined watching it's a, wrestling. It's now. a great it's a great point though. If you do say him, there's five hymns in the ring right now. <laughs> um, so, like, look at see, they're just listening. They're just working and listening. And let I'll let you punch me for as long as they're coming, Ricky. And look, how are they? You know, Ricky may have done some single stuff after this because it really seems like they were putting the onus on him uh, for really fighting through these two guys um, and kind of not saying. 
I quit. You know what I mean? Right, right. Big scoop. Oh, here comes Robert, though, with the drop kick. There's your tandem drop kick maneuver. Ricky with the cover. Uh, and that was the finish. See, that's what that was. And, and so there's now you can go 10 different directions. And here's the way we go is the way of heat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You could have the baby faces scoot out of there like they stole one. Uh, or you got them locked in there. Now let's set in some heat. You know what I mean? And that's what they're that's what they're doing. So yeah, we could probably get out of there. What a what a just a oh look at them. That's heat too. As the baby faces have to run away. You know what I mean? Like that's hurry, get out of here while we have our lives. Yeah. Uh, Crawling. Yeah, but I don't know. It was just look, world tag team champions, man. Huge, very cool stuff. All right. Yeah. Let's take one more second to, to chill ourselves out and catch you guys up on a very special offer. Because who doesn't like an opportunity to get free wood? And if you could, you should. So <laughs> Amen. why don't we hit a little bit of this? Oh, oh yeah. Snap. Let's tell our listeners how to get these chewable little wonders for free. Here we go. Uh. Yeah, Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever that opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. It's time to get off the come couch. With you, Bring and it you can and come with me. The promo code is D-O-Double-G. Upgrade head to BlueChew.com. And if you can benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special Blue deal for Chew. our listeners. Uh. Try Blue Chew free when you use come our on, promo on, code DOG at checkout. Just pay $5 Whoa. shipping. Whoa. That's BlueChew.com. Promo code DOG, D-O-Double-G, to receive Blue your Chew. first month for free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details Blue and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast thank you blue chew that felt good i mean you were just in the zone right that felt i just closed my eyes and listened to the music you had a free stuff just came out of me Stuff just came out of me. I am <laughs> naked from the waist. Some well. <laughs> I am it's naked from the right. waist down and sitting in my own feces as we speak. Oh my goodness! I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm not. Okay, we're back, and thanks to Blue Chew, we're now into the thick of this episode. <laughs> Mount Rushmore. The representation of a nation, in our case of tag team wrestling, the epitome of an industry. So, dog. Let's start comparing our Mount Rushmore of a couple different decades. Okay, okay. I do not have mine in front of me. I should oh, probably, oh, I should probably get them I in front of me. I should be ready to be hitting this repetitively <laughs> right here. Yes, yes. <laughs> let, me, let me pull up my notes here. I think I, well, I don't, I don't know. Where did All I? Right. As you grab your notes, I'll transition us. And I, and I think we're gonna start in the 80s right here okay I mean, if, if, if you want to go even into into older school in in historic and the legacy we could but 
I, 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 feel... I look. I feel like where I started appreciating it was in the late seventies, maybe early eighties, with the nightmares. And and look, that was only because I didn't see other wrestling. I followed the wrestling that I where I lived. It was regional because my father and family were on there, so that's what I followed. I know there are going to be a lot of people that go, you didn't even say so-and-so. And I have reasons for all my picks, um, even if they're not good ones. You know what I mean? Good reasons. I'm trying to find... Uh... Well, and that's the interesting thing, because some of these things that make up these favorite teams, especially as a kid, are, are, are different reasons than you would like a team now. And, yeah. and I don't know if there's the same way, if I would watch my favorite teams and favorite wrestlers in the same way uh, uh, right. as when I was a child. Because, so, look, I think that's a bigger conversation, and I have this all the time with myself uh, and then anybody that'll... Like, is it... Was it better back then because I was younger and naive and had less priorities and all that? Or or was it just awesome then? And, you know, because I think every generation thinks their wrestling is the best. And so was it just that we were young and that was cool at the time? And then we grow up and we think about I, things differently? Or is wrestling different? I, I, guess I think question. there's a big part of of that and then i mean just look at the crowds and, and it's just a different era in time and not just as wrestling fans in age but just life and history in yeah, the world yeah, society. when you look at the energy of some of these old school matches and the roar of the crowd it's not just the volume of these pops yeah. it's the it's the actual you see the wave of energy and excitement and rush build i mean it truly is like yeah, watching it, a sound wave for sure and, it builds and that's what we you, we used to talk about in constructing the match we have to slow things down because it literally takes a second for the top row to get that pop to get to them you know what i mean and so we would say hey this is a bigger venue don't work like you're working at the vfw or you're working at a 2000 seater this son of a gun holds 18k you got to work like so 18k can see it you know what i mean you got to work bigger you got to take a little more space a little more time um, anyway, let's get to the 80s. 80s. We got your teams right here. I got yours in front of me. Uh, I wish I had a picture. I got mine in front of me, too. I wish I had a picture of me in the 80s. No doubt I had tall tube socks on up to my knees with, like, red stripes on them and really short white, like, tennis shorts and, like, a collared shirt, probably. Like, the the weirdest, weirdest thing you can imagine, that was probably me. I mean... In 89, so the end of the 80s, I'm probably 88 pounds. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, when I got oh. into high school, I, I didn't even He's wrestle just, at 100 you're pounds. You're just a yet. wee man. <laughs> so look, I'm going to go with mine from the 80s. Yep. Is that cool? Yeah, or you want to go it. with yours first? No, yeah, no, let's go with so, yours. No one cares about mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. That's not true, Ryan. I care about yours. Um, and I'm somebody. Uh so uh, Brad and Dad, of course. Brad yeah. and Dad went far in the Crockett Cup. I saw uh, Brad and Dad tagging a lot after '81 when Brad broke in. That I just I couldn't sleep at night if I didn't put them as a tag team because um, I loved watching them. Road Warriors, of course. Absolutely. Um, this is also I, I cheated here a little bit and said uh, Dusty and Magnum. And Dusty and Nikita because I, I, I love allowed because it's hard to narrow. Well, yeah, it well, down, look, well, that, and so so that was I wanted to talk about that for for a minute too because that was the one of the times where you saw two people that were not supposed to be together be together both with Dusty and Magnum. You know, they were kind of the, both the the uh, common people and the, you know what I mean and the and the just going to do the right thing the common baby faces. But Nikita and Dusty was a totally different deal. But I remember epic matches 
with, with those guys in them. You know what I mean? And, and really being invested into the story. Look, I love Dusty. I thought Dusty was was over. Um, he was over. I thought he was. I thought he was cool. I thought what he did was cool. Yeah. Um, so a lot of his tag team stuff, I I dug. Um, and then we talked about it earlier, and it's late seventies, early eighties. I'm not really sure of the time, but nightmares, the nightmares. And I, and the reason I put them down there is not because for me this is my re- Mount Rushmore. You know what I mean? I, I urge you all to make your own Mount Rushmores. But this was not. I didn't do this for nobody but me. And I thought about the influence that they had, the that the nightmares had on me when I was young. And I thought they they belong up there as a tag team. You know what I mean? And and look, go back and search some of their stuff. They were good. Yeah, absolutely. I will definitely have to go take a look in, in yeah. some of those matches. You brought up the Crockett Cup before, and I gotta tell you, as a kid, the Crockett Cup was something I looked forward to all the time to see the best tag teams be involved in something that seemed to have so much importance. It, it was just yeah. so cool. It's and like then, the Dusty Cup now, yeah. uh, but I guess it's a smaller version now because it's just NXT. It was Crockett Promotions, you know what I mean? It was the NWA, and so, so it I was a, a coveted Dusty prize. Cup doesn't have the same thing and not because of the programming but because of the world of wrestling in the sense of yeah 100 it doesn't have so, the gravitas so you used to go as a kid and go look at the newsstands at a grocery store and see four different wrestling magazines from pwi <laughs> to, to wrestling world the inside wrestling or whatever it was yeah. and and see the promotion of the tournament so it wasn't just that it was happening or happened you get to yeah. know it was going to happen and then you get an episode about that it did or an issue that it did happen so there was just more coverage of yeah. it not just on the show itself where obviously for the for the competitors i think it means the same type of thing to be in that uh list of history and champions and have the accolades and and and, and be remembered like that but just the overall fan aspect magazine coverage man pwi yeah. rankings and seeing well, wrestler look, I, of the year tag team wrestler of the year. I, and I, I don't disagree with you at all but i'll also bring up like it was very different time then like sometimes the only time you saw some of those wrestlers is on a magazine cover because i didn't watch wwe or f mm-hmm. at the time and i didn't watch uh you know oregon or whatever way back then i didn't watch all those because i didn't get them all so it was like Whoever was really uh, popular at the time was, I forgot what I was going to say. Never That's mind. okay. Screw it. No, I quit. I quit. I'm out of here. Out. Episode <laughs> over. We're packing it up. If I, if, I quit every, nine, if I quit every time I did something stupid, uh, I would never be doing anything at all. All right, I'll give you mine from the 80s. Okay, cool. Because Road Warriors, for me, I mean, that's what that, that's who got me into pro wrestling. As, as a child, there was just something about them that I found to be cool. And then they were announced from Chicago, where I wasn't a city of Chicago guy. I was a suburban kid. Yeah, but yeah. Chicago. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden you're from Chicago, right? Yep. Uh, that's, yeah, that's how I did it, too. But, yeah, those guys were undeniable. They uh, were a force. And they were a, a force to be reckoned with, and and nobody ever beat them up. You know what I mean? And so, God, what was not to love about those guys? For me, I'd also throw in the British Bulldogs. Dynamite oh. Kid and Davy Boy. The phases with Matilda. I'm a kid who doesn't love seeing a bulldog run to the ring. But then just the overall ability. They, they just brought something that was cool, different, and had a look. And, and, and for someone for, uh, you know to be from a different culture, to be from yeah. a different country, there was an appeal. That, That's exactly that was what I was... something I was familiar with. Exactly what I was about to bring up. And their work style. Their, their work 
style was just different. And they did work a little British style and a little, and Davy Boy and, and we'll look dynamite too. Just awesome at what they do. Great. Uh, I think it's a make me question mine after that, because look, I didn't see a lot of them, but what I did, they were always great. And, and I knew dynamite could go, man. And, and they did it in the ring. Like you said, it was a different, they were, they were, they worked a different style at a time where there wasn't a lot of guys that work like that around and they could go fast. They could go slow. They could do whatever you wanted. Um, yeah, they were a great tag team and I love the bulldog too. So, so then for me, while you had rock and roll on there, I guess as a kid, I was attracted to the heels because I was a Midnight Express fan. Oh. And I was a fan of Sweet Stan Lane. And I loved, and I loved Condry, like all of the versions. I loved Condry and Stan. And I loved Beautiful Bobby. And I yes. loved Cornette. And I <sighs> loved hearing Stan do the. So the thing that I loved the most was him doing the, his own ring introduction for, for the team yeah. and stuff yeah, like yeah, yeah. that. Well, it was look, something that's... that stood out to me. To, to me, and, and man, this is why I say this is my Ra- Mount Rushmore, and that way you can't tell me I'm wrong. But the more you tell me yours, the more I go, wow, I forgot about them. And like, that's the but so so midnight, midnight has been 10 different iterations yeah. and great in all 10. And and that's, I mean, they're, look, and to me. Corn, and that's Cornette. That's Cornette, right for sure. But it, but look, it's not just Cornette. I guess we're, we're saying it's, that. It's but, Bobby but, but it's well. a great mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's a great mouthpiece for a great uh, gaggle of tag. workers. Yep. Because they did, like, I remember it was way back here. It was like Randy Rose and, and uh, Norvell Austin were like Midnight Express. And so, I mean, that was way back when. And then it started, then at Randy Rose and Dennis Condry. Where Midnight Express, then then Dennis and Stan or whatever it started evolving, then Bobby. And so but every iteration was great. Dennis Condry was a great worker. Like he was a worker's yeah. worker. You know and what he, I mean? And like, he was training a lot of people in Colorado yeah, yes, where I broke yes. in. So So it was it was Dennis Condry as a worker's worker. He's one like Brad Armstrong is where people who worked with him go, Yeah, I'd love to have a match with him. You know what I mean? Because he, he was that good. And look, so was Bobby. Uh so was Bobby. So yeah, midnight. They right. got to be on there too. Number four for me. Ready, Bushwhackers man. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know if that's really out of my mind. But I was like a ten-year-old kid in the eighties. Yeah, 80s, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That was fun, right? Incredible. But I really think I'd probably throw the Heart Foundation into that. I, I, yeah. I was a Jim the Ann. So for me, it wasn't even Brett and the Technician. It was just the last. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Jim the, the Anvil. He was a character, right? He was like a character of a big, huge man. As uh, a little scrawny class clown, I liked larger than life characters for yeah. sure. That were and he was that. Top. He was that for sure. They were great. And then that, my, that's that's this thing is like you can't there's there's no way to name a, a Rushmore. No, it's it's just personal opinion, right? And then we're gonna break it down even into more detail later, so it's gonna get even trickier. So we'll we'll see what happens. I have one more honorable mention that like you only get four. It's like you said, how do you do it? Yeah, fabulous Freebirds, man. Holy like, mackerel! Yes. Like, so for me. I had a lot of exposure to them because of NWA and WCW, but they also, with World Class, were on yeah, ESPN, ESPN every all day the when I yeah. got home. So, like, I got to watch them a lot yeah. and watching Michael. And it, it, it just. Freebirds Von Eriks is cla- timeless. You know what I mean? It's classic rivalry, rest, Southern wrestling, and it's timeless. You could go back and watch it now and go. Man, this was real, wasn't it? <laughs> like it was. But you're right, man. You just keep naming teams that 
that I guess I overlooked or something. But but even if I hadn't, I wouldn't have been able to pick one. You know no. what I mean? And like, how do you do that? Try to break down the specifics of why. It's like the reason why. Because they were freaking cool. Yeah, because I liked them. I don't know why. <laughs> All right, let's let's move it to the '90s and take it to the next level because we're actually pretty similar on on our '90s. On the '90s. And then I, I just, I, <laughs> yeah, we'll get going. Excuse me while I whip this out. Yeah. Um, so my, <laughs> my take it a blue chew. Don't hurt the camera. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't. <laughs> uh, the uh, my nineties dog. <laughs> my nineties is. I'm trying as hard as I can to get away from my ED conversation with you. <laughs> <laughs> So right, my 90s. 90s, my 90s, uh, Steiners. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, got to go with the Steiners. I've so worked so with I, the Steiners a few times, too. Partially 80s, too. I don't know. Like, oh, yeah. My yeah, yeah, yeah. Up at my, mine is, too, because they go both. They, they go both ways. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they, they do span both eras for sure. Um, my, and then Harlem Heat, yeah. I, I said, for the 90s as well. And look, that was because in early 90s, I was working with them a lot. And so they, uh, Booker and Stevie both helped me out a great deal when I was very young learning how to how to do this. Um, and they were stars on TV and kind of worked with me. And so I'm appreciative of them Yep. Uh, for that. Excuse me. Then in the 90s, of course, I have the New Age Outlaws. Oh, you didn't know? Um, and, uh, and, and then the last one is I literally wrote Samoans, any iteration. And what I meant by that was I don't care which any of them you pick. The oh. Samoan SWAT team, the you know, go back to the originals, Appa and Sika, yeah, the <laughs> Islanders, the whoever you go through, the Tonga kid, and yep. you know, whoever you go through, they were great, and and uh, that they were my, they were my, they rounded off my top strong three. strong list for sure. So I had Steiners and Harlem Heat. Steiners for me, I'm breaking into my amateur wrestling days here in the okay. 90s. I'm okay. in high school. I'm captain of my team junior senior year. I'm a regional champion all this and my wrestling coach hated when me and my <laughs> buddy Brian Paul would break out Frankensteiners <laughs> yes, and power yes. bombs in the middle yeah. of practice. Yeah. I guess he did. But I'll tell you something. Scott Steiner came along and change the game. And that's the truth. If you don't remember him, look, look Rick Rick is, is who he is, and Rick is great, and yes. Rick was great, and I'm not taking anything away from Rick Steiner. But when Scott came and started doing some of this stuff where he picks a dude up for a suplex, drops him into a daggum pile driver, yeah. like he's doing Frankensteiners, he's doing Steiner. Top belly to belly. Yeah, like holy mackerel, this huge dude who could literally have his way with me if he wanted to physically and he could also do this stuff it was just a game changer to me and it, it was like what are we watching you know what i mean some of the old stuff with with them and if you go and watch their japan stuff man just crazy crazy good yeah those those guys for me just had a skill set that was beyond and and i was hooked Team number three for me, I put the Road Warriors again, man. Even if okay. they were coming to the end of their, like, yeah. definitely not in their prime, but it was it was just still my favorite. And, I don't think I you could go wrong. I don't think you can go wrong putting them in both of those. You Talking. know what I mean? I think you're. I think you're wrong if you don't put them in both eras. You know what I mean? Actually, I didn't remember that it was actually against you that this one of my favorite promos of all time. <laughs> <laughs> What clip was it? <laughs> oh, what a booger. 
So it was. I remember that promo though. It was Mike cut the hawk, cut the promo about. You remind uh, me of a booger <laughs> that's so far up my nose I can't get it, and I pick it, and I pick it, and, and I roll was... it on my finger, <laughs> and I flick it. Oh, what a booger! <laughs> like you, he's Mike would just do things like that, and you go like. That was glass. That was great. That was a classic. Um, yeah, and it was. He was talking about me. I'm that difficult booger to pick. Apparently, <laughs> I, I, I loved Rob Warrior promos so much. Oh yeah, yeah. I loved, and I just well, like that was. It was. He was just about to say some crazy off the wall well? crap. You know what I mean? Like you didn't know what he was going to say. But Snack was, on danger, <laughs> die on death. Yes. <laughs> like what a what a crazy beautiful person Mike Eggstrand was. Man, all right. As we keep transitioning, we're gonna. I'm gonna keep us flowing because otherwise we'll just laugh for hours. Yeah, and uh, I'm okay with that. Thousands, man. This is where it starts getting even trickier, oh, I think, because now it did get we're tricky. getting into contemporaries for me. At least, yeah, but. yeah, for sure. Well, look, I had to think about because 2000 was about the time I got released from WWE. I started doing you know TNA and Independence and stuff, and so I couldn't really, I didn't really watch a whole lot. So I, I thought about okay, who was there when I left that was still hot. Um, and so that's look at. I also went with this one is just uh, WWE teams because you know the other company wasn't here yet. So <laughs> so, so my my so two, <laughs> my two thousands is the Dudley Boys and and again when I was right typing these out these are in no definite order. Like to me the Dudley Boys is not number one. They were just the first ones I wrote because I was thinking about the Dudley Boys for some reason. I'm weird like that. Uh, so the Dudleys. Uh, number two team, Edge and Christian. Uh, number three team, the Hardy Boys. And then later in the 2000s, number four, the Brothers of Destruction. And I just thought the Brothers of Destruction is just Kane and Undertaker. So cool. You can't, you know, I love the stopping at the top of the ramp, looking back, raising the hands. You know what I mean? Like, I, that, that was very iconic stuff with their team that I that I loved. And uh, And we'll get into the, in the next couple of segments, we'll get into... Some other cross promotion uh, references here. Yeah, so for 2000, similarly, all WWE, WWF teams at this point, because that's kind of what happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we were on the same page and we wrote them down in the same pretty much order. Oh, Dudley's, really? Edge and Christian, Hardy Boys. And then I put APA for my final oh. on the fourth right there. But even as we were just talking teams, I reminded of a team in the 90s that didn't really come to my head. And, and yeah. it's funny because, as you say, would it be on a Mount Rushmore of everyone? I don't know. But for me, yeah. I loved the Eliminators in ECW. I oh, loved yeah, Perry yeah. Saturn and John Cronus. I yeah. thought they had something that was interesting. And Cronus was this dude who can do stuff that he shouldn't be able, be to, able do to do based on what he looked like. Yeah, yeah, he's the, he's the Savio Vega. He's the Bumblebee. Uh, they shouldn't be able to fly, but they sure can. Uh, and so, yeah, that's a that's a great one too. And that's you know that's another thing is. I'm using my points of reference, and so I, while I didn't see the local tag team in your in your VFW hall, they may be great, but they're not making it on my uh, Mount Rushmore. Um, so, so yours were pretty much the same as mine, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, we just we just switched on the Brothers of Destruction and well, APA at that. Period. Oh, yours was APA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, when I, we've talked about this before, I had some of my greatest times working with uh, John and 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 and, uh, and Ron for sure. Um, it was some of the stiffest matches, but had a great time working with them. Did John and Briscoe's podcast 
earlier today, actually. It was great to catch up with them. We had some laughs. We kind of did what we're doing now. We're just laughing for like two hours, and then we just stopped. And then bringing up Ron, it makes me go back to the 80s, and I was a Doom, oh, Doom. Tag Team Doom fan. fan. Heck yeah, you were a I Doom mean, fan. Why Reed, weren't you? Ron Simmons and Teddy Long, come yes, on. Yes, man. especially when they had the hoods on. Oh, like yeah. you even knew who it was, but it didn't matter because they had black hoods on, and it was oh, Doom. Heck yeah. Man, this is awesome. This is awesome. <laughs> so, my, Mount, my Mount Rushmore sucks, but this conversation is awesome. So so 2010s, th- this one got a little bit weird on my list because okay. I'm starting to pick teams. And I think this was kind of in 2010, I was in my hardcore phase of really trying to get hired by WWE and putting on the hard press. So I was less into watching the product and more into developing my skill set. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you've gone first on a couple, so I'm going to throw out... I, I put the shield on there. I mean, when talking yep. 2010s, I mean, they, they had impact and were monumental and, and, and made a presence and statement, and obviously they're all successful today. Yeah. Also had the Usos, who we're talking two decades strong of being yep. one of the top tag teams there is, Amen. has to be considered as, as a name. You can look at the history of teams, but when looking at the presence and saying, hey, 10 years from now, they're one of those historic teams that everyone's going to be talking about. Yeah. Uh, I also put the New Day. Yep. And then my final... I put the Wyatt family, but then I started trying to think outside the box. And I'm going to be honest, I, I didn't watch a lot of Ring of Honor in my days, yep. but I know the impact that the Briscoes had in oh, the yes. 2010 era <laughs> of being one of those top tag teams and making a statement and changing the game a little bit. So yep. I started to think that although I don't know and I'm too familiar with most of their matches, I know that they were a team that would be considered one of those Mount Rushmore yeah, teams yeah, of that yeah, decade. Yeah. I literally had them on my list and took them off, uh, but but totally could you could remove who I put on and who I, you know them easily because look what what I look for too, and you're going to find that out when I read you my 2010 list here in a second is who made an impact in the world of wrestling, maybe not on television, maybe not, but who what team do people still talk about? Oh man, they were a great team, and that's you know I think that's what you just touched on right there yeah so was that all of yours yeah that was all of mine on okay that one. so mine uh toward the 2010s uh claudio and chris hero all right the- <laughs> and that's why, I, that's, why, that's why i said you'll see what i mean in a minute they made a they made a, a difference in the wrestling game i heard tell of them on the independent circuit while i was you know uh writing the show or not writing it but but while i was producing the show and stuff for wwe and even before that on the indies like they were making a name for themselves and they were doing it by wrestling really well in tag matches and so i put them on there because i think they deserve their props i too have the same three as as your other ones the shield new day and the usos and look i you can't I, go the, anywhere else you, really. <laughs> you, you, you can't go anywhere else because that's who we were dealing with at the time. There's no other. Uh, when we get to the current ones, I got, I got some people around. You know what I mean. But but for this one, I went with because look, I think that I'll go back to it. That cage match, uh, the Hell in the Cell with the Usos and New Day. For one thing, so proud of it because we had to fight like cats and dogs <laughs> to uh, to get the uh, to get the match to happen. For one thing, a lot of people were against a tag match in Hell in the Cell. It was like that doesn't even 
Like it doesn't com- com- you compute. It doesn't make sense. Like what? And so it was like we talked him into letting us do it. And then those guys went out and delivered in such a way that I'll never forget that. Um, so I got to keep those guys on there. The uh, Claudio, what were they? The uh, Kings of Wrestling. Kings of Wrestling. Yeah, the KOW. Cow. Uh, (laughs) man cow Um, so yeah Claudio Shield New Day but then Claudio uh, went on to be an incredibly successful tag team wrestler captured WWE tag team titles with Tyson Kidd captured it with Sheamus I mean 100% man he's been a great look he's a great singles competitor too I think what held him back a little bit is his promo skills and it's not that he's not doesn't have a great sense of humor and it's funny it's just he speaks 56 languages and English is is one of them, and he, he's not – I mean, he's good at it, and you can totally understand him. That's not what I'm getting at, but he's not the best promo in the world. and But he is the best wrestler in the world, maybe. You know what I mean? So it just it just begs to wonder, like, why didn't uh, – you know, they went for a second there with Heyman being his, ta- his, his mouthpiece, and, like, it just felt like it was going to go somewhere, and it didn't, man. And, and it's just a sad because – He's uh, really good at what he does. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. We're transitioning through the decades and we're oh, into the current decade and era. Oh, yeah, this just one's an uncomfortable one to yeah. talk about. Yeah, it is because it's it's now you now you can debate. You know what I mean? Now there's there's shoot debate. So you go ahead with your current. So my current, I'm gonna put out just because I'm fans of them from when from coming in. I got to work with these guys, and I'm hoping they're gonna be as good as I think they will be, and will prove themselves as a future Mount Rushmore team. And that's gonna be the Creeds on <gasps> NXT, Julius and, and and Brutus. I mean, there's just something about Julius. That dude is special. He's wired differently than anyone I've ever met. And if yeah. he sets his mind to something, he's, he's gonna, gonna make do it, it happen. Yeah. What a great human being him and his brother both great human beings what a great example for people to he's uh they're both really smart both really strong work ethic they're on my list as well um and it's because i think they have unbridled potential and uh the sky is the limit with those guys um I, so again i'm sorry i interrupted you but they're 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 on mine too dude because they're they're that kind of people so I'm going to take it over to AEW, but from my experience with them at NXT, Red Dragon, O'Reilly, oh. and Bobby Fish made an impact before getting to NXT and Ring of Honor, made the impact in NXT, carrying the championships, made the transition over there, and I think we're going to see them have some success as well. Agreed, agreed. And, and look, at so there again, they're not on my list, but they easily could be in any of the positions. Um, yeah, those guys knew what they were doing in Ring of Honor. They came to NXT. Uh, they knew what they were doing. We could put them right in anything, and they were all professionals, and they all knew what to do and when to do it. And, yeah, so those guys, they could go anywhere on the list easily. So I think the caveat on these on, on all these teams in this era that I'm going with, there a lot of this is going to be based on longevity and if they can stay healthy yeah. and have yeah, yeah, a yeah. long-term career. Uh, I, I didn't necessarily add some of the teams that were in my uh, 2010s, even though they're all still competing and would be absolutely valid yeah. for these. So the next two on WWE I chose... Alpha Academy, Otis and Gable, uh, oh. both incredible talents, incredible athletes, and I don't even think we've seen them reach their prime peak potential no. or anything yet. No. And the important part about that to me, and I'm sorry I interrupted you, but it goes back to my points about 
the relationship, the dynamic in the relationship. These two guys are shoot best friends. They shoot, have trained together for years in collegiate yep. wrestling. They shoot, train together today in each other's garages. They, it's yeah. They, it's they were back that, in Colorado Springs at the Olympic Training Center together yeah. before Gable went to the Olympics. I mean, these it, guys it, are this t- goes back. And so when they get over and they're kind of doing it right now uh, as heels, when they turn back baby faces and they beat the crap out of Gable and he makes the hot tag to Otis after knowing that they're how their relationship yeah. is and it's going to be Katie bar the door. And I don't know who Katie is and why she keeps barring that damn door. My final team dog, Street Profits, man. Oh, yeah. If they yeah, can yeah. make it last, they got something special. They deserve they deserve to be in the in the conversation because you're right. They do have something special. And uh, it's not, you know, Montez definitely stands out as the entertainer. Um, but, but Dawkins brings a little bit of that uh, not so pretty, uh, a little rough around the edges, a little yeah. hardcore, a little little uh, not street. I don't mean it like that, but just a little more aggressive a little and grit, a little less, a little, little yeah, a little less flashy, and a little more gritty. And uh, and I think that they work well together. Having said if that, Montez I think, is Michael. He's bringing the Tito, a hundred percent. Or if he's Michael, he's bringing the Buddy Jack <laughs> <laughs> or the Bam Bam. All right, let, let let's go with uh, dog year teams in the in the modern current era. Let's see what happens here. Let me whip this out again. Excuse me. Um, current. So I put the Usos on there. Absolutely. I mean, Look, the Usos to me. So I I they, flew they have... in and out every week with their father, and they they would be there to pick their father up from the airport, and I. So I've known those guys forever. Um, I, I didn't know uh, Roman as well, uh, but he was around too. I'm sure I saw him a hundred times at shows in Pensacola and stuff. But um so I gotta stick with my eight five oh boys. But but to that point, it's not just out of my loyalty and my and our regional uh you know con, uh the the what brings us together. It's that those guys have been reinventing the wheel. Remember when they first started they had face paint and they were yep. doing this and it was cool and they and were they doing were that. Doing the and, the yeah. Remember then they changed uh to when uh and this is gonna sound braggadocious, it's kinda meant to be tooting my own horn when i was writing smackdown they started being a little more harder and a little more gangster and a little more rapping promo yep. and a little more i mean excuse me i was writing smackdown me and stevie g and johnny russo when we did that rap battle between them and the new day and the usos can bring it in a promo man they got rhythm they got heart they got soul and there's emotion you know, behind it a hundred percent from the heart hundred percent because they come from an old school legacy a, a leg, line of legends uh, as far as you can see back, and they got something to prove. You know what I mean? And so they 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 work hard and they play hard too. You know, and some would say, "Oh, you're going to put him on there? He, he has a DUI or whatever." Like, really? That's what we're talking about here. So, uh, so I, I brought up longevity for the other teams, but the thing is, is, if the Usos retired tomorrow, they have a career that has spanned long enough to be holy mackerel. Deserving of uh, that yes, a hundred percent. And one thing I love that also will probably be critiqued heavily uh, online is I love the Usos and. Roman Reigns having all those titles. I think that is so cool and so much heat at the same time. Uh, and so we'll see if it's turn the channel heat or just screw you heat. But I noticed they're selling a lot of t-shirts too. So I'll, I'll, I'm not the only one thinking they're cool. I mean, so I got the Usos. Look at, look at every sports show that, that, that every celebrity sports panelist is uh, yeah. acknowledge me. Yeah, acknowledge me. <laughs> and that's, and think about that from a, from a catchphrase standpoint, like 
that's beautiful. That's genius. That it's just it's so apropos that you just stand there and basking in the glory. No, well, and, no, and Keith then Lee. How about Heyman, like on top of his game, still oh, yeah, doing yeah, all of still this. doing all of it. The, but look, like, that's what he, the best that's of what all time. He Mount was made Rushmore. to do it. Yeah, he would be on my Mount Rushmore for sure. Of uh, of of seconds or you know valet yep. kit yep. manager. So Usos, so now I'm going to jump over to a team that hasn't been around a long time, but I think they're going to make, if they're used properly, and I think they will be, um, is the BCC. Not to be uh, confused with BBC, but this is BCC. It's the uh, the uh, Blackpool Combat Club. And it's, yeah. <laughs> just went down too. Oh, <laughs> it's all right. There's just dogs and cats living together. It's anarchy. So so uh, BCC because look I think I love Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson whatever I yep. love uh, Moxley yep. I think Moxley's there's something there I'll never forget Kane and somebody kicking him while he was down in a backstage and they stopped kicking him and he looked up and said is that all you got and they just beat the crap out of him some more but that's my guy you know what I mean that's my dude my dude's the guy that does run into the house. Uh, that's on fire. My guy's the dude that does go out of his way to, he's the good Samaritan, but he's also the psycho that will run into the firefight to, to help someone. You know what I mean? Or, or, or to just look cool. Um, but so anyway, BCC, this one, I'm going to get a lot of heat for, but I've, I've probably already said it a lot. I think the ass boys have a ton of potential. I really do. I think they have a ton of potential. I think if they can get with somebody like FTR or like, uh, a, a team that's been working a while is all I mean. That can lead them um, in the ring a little bit. That can bit. lead them in the ring a little bit and, and, and teach them how to feel the people and not just react or, or overreact. And you know what I mean? That can calm them down in there and talk to them. Um, I think to have a, you know, we're not doing a ton of live events, but if you could do a live event loop with those two teams, FTR and, and uh, Ass Boys, those Ass Boys would be coming out of there ready for tag title runs. Um, and again, that's just me and I love Billy Gunn. So um, the last one was the Creed Brothers. It's the same, same. And and again, it's not because of their body of work. It's because the characters they are in real life and the human beings they are and their work ethic. If you know them and you converse with them and you see them, how hard they work, if you want them to fail, something's wrong with you. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you really want these guys to succeed because of how hard they work and how much they put into it. And I mean, I'm talking about Hey, you got to kick out stronger than that. Then those two guys stay after and top each other and kick out a hundred times. You know what I mean? And it's just like, hey, you don't have to do that. Just kick out stronger next time. You know what I mean? But but these two guys take it to the extreme. Like, no, we're gonna do what you tell us to do, and we're gonna do it right. Even and, on the mic, I mean, you could say that when he when Julius came in, he was he was a robot for sure. Oh yeah, and and and, and he knew it, and he would start sending me. I'd say every night. 14 promos yeah <laughs> just like trying just trying to different things and, more yeah. and more and more what do you and think? he's a really smart he's a really smart guy and he's clever and witty but in a dry way so he doesn't like make you die laughing but he's funny um and so Every i think once he come in and be like what can i do better to make me better yes, and be like yes. oh my god i don't That's, know you, I, I don't know but i want a hundred of you you know what I mean? I don't know what to tell you, but I want a hundred of you because because at least you're you're asking for it and grasping for it, and uh, and so that's why they make it on my current day Mount Rushmore of tag teams. 
All right, we went through five decades of Mount Rushmore's, but I think we now got to take it to the next level right There's here. There's another level? There's another level. We're going up another round. Oh, God. One of our staff members, Dominic, had researched a paper on Mount Rushmore, and he broke it to, uh, down to me in an interesting way. So I'm wondering if we can use this criteria to name our all-time tag team wrestling Mount Rushmore. Let's give it Once a whirl. Again, in our opinion. Okay, so the sculptor of Mount Rushmore's name was Gutzon Borglum, and when he chose the four presidents, they were each chosen for a reason. Washington was chosen to be the most prominent and represent the birth of a nation. So we have to pick the Washington spot. The emergence okay. of and birth of tag team wrestling on the grand scale. Who do you think represents the birth of wrestling on the grand scale? Okay. Do I have to say go now? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think we go each one. It'll be easy. Son to of this. a bee sting. I mean, this is Man. a tough one. So so, so the one about the, uh, what was the first? It was a birth of a nation? B birth of a nation, exactly. So I know it goes back farther than this, but as far as I'm alive, uh, Rock and Roll Express go right there. Look at that. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with yours instead of playing debate on this. I think we're going to create yours, and this is going to be great. So next, okay. Borglum chose Jefferson to represent the growth of the United States. So what team do you think represents the growth of tag team wrestling? I, I'm going to go with the Road Warriors because they were on a lot of growth. <laughs> and if, if that doesn't work for you, then I'm sorry. No, they also were they like they were the the birth of it because they were a new addition. Yep. Like, oh, how does anybody combat this? You know what I mean? It was a, it took it to a whole different level. So yeah, I think I think uh, so far I got rock and roll, Road Warriors. Okay, let's go. Two God. spots to go. I know Roosevelt I'm was chosen based on development of the United States. So which tag team do you think best represents the development mm -hmm. of tag team wrestling? So evolving it and taking it to the next level. Man, the team we just watched is definitely up there, the Andersons. Like they and I don't I'm not talking about Ole and uh what was the other one's name? Uh <laughs> No, no, there was an, there was another oh. one before. Uh, dang, what was his name? Anderson Oli and dang, I can't think of the other one's name. I'm sorry, but but no, Arn Arn and and Oli were the tag team. Like so, so I don't know if they reinvented the wheel, but they totally were the guys that started singling out body parts, and mm -hmm. for me anyway, that I noticed singling out body parts and dismantling. So so look, it would either be. Them, and I'm using heels here specifically, or the Midnight Express, because I think Midnight helped transition a lot of teams uh, and evolved with a lot of different teams over an extended period of time. So I think uh, go with whatever you feel, Anderson's or Midnight Express. So it's funny, on this one, there was one team that came into my mind that we hadn't even talked about in all of our eras, so it really didn't pop that list, but when yeah. broken down to the specifics of development uh, and, and, and the evolution... Uh, a team that popped in my mind was the Young Bucks. We have oh, yeah. AEW because of the Young Bucks. Yes, and 100%. they took tag team wrestling, and whether you like their style and what they did to it, they transformed an industry, and 100%. I think they, 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 they deserve kind of fit the spot. Yeah, well, look, that's a great call. That's a great call. I'm going to tell you something here that's going to get me a lot of heat, but confession's good for the soul, Bobby Brown told me. Um, I've never seen a Young Bucks match. 
Never watched a Young Bucks match. Always heard nothing but great things about the Young Bucks. And I'm not talking about just their matches. I'm talking about That's great cool. things about the, the gentlemen that they are. And, uh, and I've always been told by everybody who knows both of us, oh, you guys would get along great. So I'd love to, to meet them and, and get to spend some time with them and pick their brain. But you're 100% right, Ryan. The Young Bucks belong on there. Um, and they changed. They did. They changed, they changed wrestling. So they, they definitely belong on there. When you're, you're right. When we're judging it uh, in that way, they take the they take the third spot. The criteria changes yeah. the way you represent. Yeah, it does, and that's cool because because there's no again we can't say who the four greatest are because it's totally up to you. You know what I mean? But but I think when we when Dominic suggested we do it with that criteria, I think it was actually limiting in a good way yep. where we now have to think harder and get pat. You know, once they Absolutely. once they limit you, always when I was writing the show, if there was an overseas tour and we had half a roster, the show would always be the best because it forces you to get creative. It forces you, how are we going to do this? I don't know, but what if we did a six-man tag that bled into a gauntlet match that bled into it? You know what I mean? All of a sudden, you got a great two-hour show. Yep. Um, and, and so it, those limitations sometimes force you to be more, more creative. In this case, it forced me to say, so far, rock and roll experience. The Young Bucks... I feel like you owe me for this one. <laughs> Rock and Roll Express, Road Warriors, Young Bucks? Question wow. mark? Wow. I'm going with it. I'm erasing the question mark and putting an exclamation point. Rock Fourth. and Roll, Road Warriors, Young Bucks. Fourth spot, and we're not talking the horsemen. Woo! But Lincoln <laughs> was chosen by Gutson Borglum to represent preservation of the country. So which team do you think represents preservation of tag team wrestling? Well, you know what? Now I hate myself for saying this, but it's FTR. <laughs> like, like I know that's gonna please a lot of people, but but they look at and they're they're young and, right. and new. I'm 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 right. And I yeah. and I'm okay with with being like the old, I got love for the New Age Outlaws to be up there. I just don't think the New Age Outlaws did any of those things that you just read through, uh, which is why Gorskov Bliskenskuskin was, uh, was, was making those people and putting them up there. So, Dax and Cash have a mission to carry forth carry the honor forward of pro tag of team tag wrestling. Team wrestling. And, and, and what, no matter what you think about them, you got to respect that. And if you don't, you just don't respect the business, I feel like. Um, or at least the tag team aspect of the industry um but yeah so i guess man i i don't i guess that's my you weren't expecting this not at all end. like i totally wasn't <laughs> expecting those neither one of those two to be quite honest with you but 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 that's what's also great about looking at things different from personal opinion yeah that and covers about a sense of business yeah and, that covers about 45 years of 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 tag team wrestling too you know what i mean and so that the fact that they're and look that's why i chose them at the end you said who's who's bringing that tradition home yep and the answer is ftr fascinating Opinions. rock and roll express yep road warriors what well, who's the other one the young bucks the young bucks young bucks FTR. yeah yeah and ftr All man right. i can't believe i just said that but I it actually feels liberating it. like i'm an old bitter man that's the the, the truth and some humility coming out tastes good. 
opinions based on thought, creativity, and experience. We got one more section about the future of tag team wrestling as well as your questions. We'll come back from these important words from our sponsor, Goliath Life. And when I say important, believe me, you're going to want to have your affairs in order to protect yourself from something unexpected and catastrophic. So let's listen to see how Goliath Life can help keep your loved ones covered and protected, and then we'll return with your questions. Who's going to take care of your family if something happens to you? What would they do without your income? If you don't have a plan, you need to go to GoliathLife.com. Get a quick quote for more than 20 carriers. You don't even have to leave the house. If you need a medical exam, they'll send somebody to your house or office. You're in total control. You pick the rates, you pick the payments, you pick the terms. You're in total control, but it gives you and your family peace of mind. What if something happens to your income? Hurry to GoliathLife.com. Dog, we're back and we're talking tag team wrestling in the modern era. Do you like what you've been seeing or is it time to go back to the basics? So look, I I don't, I love what I've been seeing. I do. And that's why I don't want to come off as a bitter old guy. Like, look, I love the RK bro right now to me. Like it's, it's one of those things where they just threw two people together, but it friggin' works. And uh, sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Riddle has that magical property. With anybody. With anybody. Yes. Yes, with Pete Dunne. If and what's better with 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 RK Bro is Randy's really cool too. You know what I mean? So it's it's uh, it's not like Pete was the straight man for Riddle's bro. You know what I mean? And 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 Randy's kind of okay, dude. You know what I mean? He's kind of that way too. So I think together they're making magic. But look, those matches they had with the Usos and stuff like so. I, I, and look, the tag team division, AC, uh, ACW, AEW is. Huge. They yeah. got a they got a big tag division um, uh, with a lot of talent in it too. So I'm excited to see where they go and what they do with theirs. You know, what are the some of the struggles that tag teams of today face? You know, I think in the WWE, people think Vince doesn't like tag teams, but but you got to think about it. It's a package deal from the get go. So if I have a tag team, I now have to fly two people. I now have to buy two airline tickets and two hotel rooms and two rental cars. You know what I mean? So it's a it is a a bigger expenditure to to uh, to finance the factions and the tag teams. Um, but I don't think that's the case. I think he's just he just realizes. Look, you can't have ten tag matches on the card, so you can only have a couple of top tag teams, and so you need to kind of manage it that way. And sometimes somebody can take a break, and another team can get the shove and go on the road, and you kind of you know uh, rotate them in that way. But, like, look, AEW's got a great uh, tag division. Um, I don't think they have their tag titles on the right people right now, but that's just my opinion. Uh, I know the fans might argue differently, but I just think they got some really good teams that, well, look, if you don't put it on, if you're going to use Moxley and Brian Danielson as a tag team, uh, if you don't put the tag titles on them, I don't know what what you know what you're doing uh because i think you put it on them and then you give back to some new younger team by giving them the carry it carry excuse me of of beating that you know combat club team. Yep. yeah so is it harder to be a real team nowadays you talked about random people being thrown together is it hard to actually come up and establish a team want to actually break in as a team it's a little bit more difficult but i think that's because in society we're a little bit more uh uh, egocentric maybe or or self involved like I don't want to share the pie you know what I mean I don't want to I don't want to split my money with him I don't want to ride in a car with him I'm going to do it what I want to do you know so I, I look and I'm not saying here I come sounding like the bitter old man again but it is different now 
you have to kind of be selfless and you have to be willing to give and take with this other human being. It's a lot like a marriage. I have been with, uh, let's see. No. So me and Billy Gunn have been, and me and my wife have been together the exact same amount of time. I've been with Jeff more than I've been with my wife. And, and, uh, of course you don't, uh, you know, you don't, you don't go bend over in the shower. What I'm saying is you have good relationships with these gentlemen, (laughs) but, uh, but it is, it all comes down to, man, these two guys, can they get along? And if they can do that and they're selfless with each other, uh, I don't know, man. I think there's something about a great relationship becoming a great tag team. Um, and if you don't have that good relationship, then I feel like you're you're not going to make it, you know? All right, this has been some incredible discussion. So let's get Ooh. into some fan questions. Cause, okay. Because there's a bunch of them on this one. Okay. Uh, we may have gotten to some of them, so let's just see. Uh, Sean Berkey wants to know, who was your favorite tag team to work with as a producer? Oh, Berkey, Berkey, Christmas turkey. Um, I think... To be quite honest, New, New Day. New, New Day and the Usos. I'm going to say they're a tag because as a producer, you know whatever they're going to do is going to be awesome. It's just my job to go back and say, do you think you need all that right there? Can we take some of that out? And that way you can sell this more and you can get to that later. You know what I mean? So it's literally me just trying to be the old man again, I guess, and slow him down. Slow down, Jagnabbit. You whippersnappers, you're not selling anything and you're going too fast. Um, but... You know, I loved working with them. I knew whatever they did was going to be magic in the ring, and I knew that would make me look good. So I liked working with them the best. Jim Joyce wants to know or says, we all know that every hero needs a villain. So my question, of any era, who would be your top heel team? Definitely the assassins for me have a great day, boys. Yeah, yeah, I know Jim Joyce. Jim Joyce is a independent worker and also a, a uh, what do they call a person who does shoes? A cobbler. Uh, a cobbler he's also a cobbler and i met him in nova scotia after me and billy got there and billy uh one of my straps on my kick pad broke and billy's boot needed to be resold and so we reached out to just some fans around and he was he answered the call and fixed everything for us and uh i still stay in contact with jim I forgot what your question was, Jim. Well, fun fact, the cobbler, <laughs> watch cobbler videos. Watching a pair of shoes get made is, is incredible. fascinating. <laughs> like, there's so much fine craftsmanship involved in stitching yeah, and cutting yeah, the yeah, leather especially and a nice shoe, and right? shaping. Yeah, and, a nice leather shoe. Well, so Jim's question was about uh, uh, the heel, heel tag team. team. Yeah. yeah, For me, I think it would be the Andersons, like the team we just watched earlier. Um, look, the Assassins... Uh, a generation earlier, 100%. They, they were just bad guys that were bad guys. And there was nobody liked them and nobody, you know what I mean? And I thought that about the Andersons when I was coming up. So that's that's my answer there. Greg Mercurio, hashtag Ask Road Dog, says, after Cold Day in Hell 1997, your match with Rockabilly doesn't really resonate. Hmm. But did you know right then that you and Billy should be together and make magic as a tag team? Or did it still take <laughs> some time after the pay-per-view for you guys to want to work together? Greg! Like an, an insult in No, the it's okay. It's okay. Because he's 100% right. Uh, it did not go over well. And, and because, look, it was two cowboys fighting each other in a time that 
Cowboys were dead and and we were both basically doing the same gimmick and fighting in the first match of of live events and stuff. I always remember so, Dusty telling me Vince don't like cowboys. Yeah, 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 but but he wanted a singing cowboy. Hence hiring my brother as Lance Cassidy before me and then me as the real Double J or or Road Dog Jetsy whatever just to sing, you know. So he always wanted that. But um what what was Mercury's question again uh he wants to know did it take some time oh it's, so no yeah, episode three <laughs> yeah yeah no no <laughs> but that's it's a good question because i did it did take some time i knew right then we could be a team and be a good team because of our chemistry together uh in competition so i knew we could be a good tag team and i wanted to be because it was you know you, you can't fall down off the ground so we weren't going no lower um and so i i knew we wanted to be a team and try to climb that that ladder um russo gave us the opportunity and the rest is history johnny seven wants to know who's your favorite tag team valet and what did you think of billy becoming one for the beautiful people Oh, Hashtag yeah. I, I do the damn thing because I can. Oh yeah, so do the damn thing because I am the suntan Superman. Uh, <laughs> look again, go back and listen to all the three live crew entrances. Um, so this is about uh, tag what team was ballet. tag team ballet? It's, for tag it's got like it's got look, it's got to be Jim Cornette, right? It's got for me. Jan, I mean, he's not a valet. I mean, he's a manager, but like I don't know the valets. Let me think about it real quick. Tag team wise, I count valet as seconds and managers. And yeah, 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 yeah. It could it could be a, a a woman or a you know what I mean? But look, Scary Sherry was good with Harlem Heat uh, in their time there together. Scary Sherry was good with a lot of people, but that was the only tag team I could literally think of at the time. But um, but yeah, I like, well, look, I love Scary Sherry too as the human being. She was a great person. I always loved to see her. Um, so uh, yeah, I'd say Scary Sherry. Your friend Michael Barry Sr. says his Mount Rushmore of tag teams is New Age Outlaws, Legion of Doom, Demolition, and the Dudley Boys. Given Dog and Billy competed against two of those teams, would there ever have been interest in competing against Demolition had they returned to the company during the Attitude Era? Oh, man, I would have loved that. I, I, I would have, because Bill Eady. I watched Bill Eady since I was a little kid, too. He was the mass superstar in Georgia Championship Wrestling, and he was the best, dude. And he could do stuff. that Man, he was incredible. And then you bring in Darso, uh, Barry Darso, who was also a great athlete and a Minnesota boy, so you know he can go. He can go. And so I would have loved nothing better than to work with those two guys um, and sell for them because that's what they were. Like they were. Remember they'd just do the double axe handles, like 10 of them, until the guy was just on the – like I used to love them, too. Like – Michael Berry's got a great. Uh, I had a demolition uh, poster up in my. Yeah, room. yeah, he's got a great uh, uh, Mount Rushmore there. I just don't know if the New Age Outlaws belong on it, but I'll, I'll dang sure take my place proudly. My my posters on the wall were Demolition, Jake the Snake in the Purple Mist, and oh. Macho Man on the Beach. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Look, the only the only autograph that I ever remember getting and putting on my wall was Wahoo McDaniel's. Okay, <laughs> and I was just like, oh man, he was a big football playing scary dude, and he kicked butt. You know what I mean? I just loved him, and so I wanted my dad to get his autograph for me. <laughs> All right, low quality music productions ask how would Road Dog rank the following tag teams? Brody and Hanson, the Miracle Violence Connection, the Road Warriors, the Dudleys, and lastly, Bam Bam and Vader. Yeah, well, MVC obviously is on top of that stack. Who in the hell is the violent 
films directors. I, what was their so names again? I looked it up and I actually forgot already. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, bad music HR is uh, is in a tag team called the Violet Criminal Johnsons. And uh, oh, Gene Anderson. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, so it, it was it was it was Doctor Death. Steve Williams and Terry Bam Bam Gordy is yes, Steve. Yes. Well, look, all those guys are great and killers, and I would have not wanted to work with any of them, literally. I would work with the violent films. Uh, yeah, let me go out like a blister in the sun. Uh, I would fight the violent films for sure, but I, I would not want to work with any of the other guys. <laughs> what a great song, right? Oh, no. <laughs> All uh, right, this one right here. Let's see the answer. To Count Kyle asks, and, and you know what? It's funny because we actually got to this. Where do you place FTR in your rankings, and have you kept up with their run following their leaving WWE? Yeah, so yeah, we, look, we, talked about it. Yeah, we did, and, and I'll reiterate, great tag team. And, and the reason I think they're a great tag team is I think they're students of the game. Um, I think they study, they look at, you know, look, I didn't do any of that. I wish I had of. I did take influential stuff from people I liked, but I didn't study the game. I was just having fun. And, and they seemed to be a little more serious about it and, and, uh, and, and doing game study and film study and stuff. And they're, they're, like I said earlier, they're carrying tag team wrestling forward uh, into a new age and a new era. And that's, that's, it comes with a lot of responsibility, but I feel like if anybody's going to do it, those guys are because of their work ethic. Um, so, yeah, FDR's on, they're on top of the mountain. All right, we're, we're pushing through these. Tony Flowers asks, and I don't know if it actually becomes a full question, the Road Warriors are one of the most celebrated teams ever, yet he still feels they're underrated. For them to be put on top by every single promoter they ever worked for is remarkable. The fact that they won the AWA, NWA, WWF, and All Japan titles, usually without any long-term deal, is mind-blowing when looking at the territory eras. What say you? <laughs> yeah, so that was just more of his opinion, and now he wants <laughs> mine um and i dig that that's what we're doing right um so i don't think they're look i think they're especially here in this show they were not overlooked and they were not uh you know uh, under pushed or whatever every they time were, i used they're... to say that road warriors were the best <laughs> ftr would get on <laughs> yeah so yeah much. well are you but, kidding me but look they 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 looked at it differently like you know what I'm saying? They they look at wrestling differently. They had look at it as an art form, and and to them, LOD was an artist. You know what I mean? And that's it was a different time and a different era. And it di and and look, I don't know if it could if you could get away with being the Road Warriors today. I don't know if you could. I don't. I don't think it works as well. We saw that with the Basham brothers or the uh, the what was the uh, what was Big Eric and and John Ho Huber called? Uh, uh, oh the. The, oh, oh my gosh! Now that you just said Bastion Brothers, I know with, I with, the, with the sledgehammers. Yes, the, yes. The <laughs> oh man, I can't remember the name now. Oh but God. but so you put stuff together like that, and it may not work now. And look, that we were trying to recreate a, a, a demolition kind of dark, you know, today's era. And their outfits were actually really cool. And their the the big things they'd get, and he'd take that thing off at the entrance like that. There's. Man, what were their names? I can't believe that. I can't remember. Steve, <laughs> why are we both yeah. Blake? Yeah, right Dominic, now? where are you with the side private chat? Bludgeon. Bludgeon Brothers. Go. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Bludgeon Brothers. And while that name, like like Vince loved it, we were all like, oh, my God. And, and look, it, it didn't work in the long run, but I thought it was a great attempt. 
You know what I mean? Like it was, they looked awesome and they were a big, bad duo. But I don't know that, you know, it didn't work for some reason. And so was it the wrong dudes or was it, is it the wrong time or did we try the wrong approach? Like what do you, can you have two big, bad, dominant dudes now when everybody's a badass? Uh, you know, so nobody can sell and nobody. So, so it, would it work today? I don't know, but I don't think they were underutilized or, or underappreciated. They were on the Mount Rushmore in several different eras, yeah. and on the Mount Rushmore of the final, yep. final construction and sculpting of the mountain, uh, the Road Warriors stand tall. All right, this one's a fun one. Thomas O'Kane asks, in Run DMC's music video for the DX intro song, The Kings, Matt and Jeff Hardy are the only wrestlers that aren't DX members to appear alongside Run D and J. How did Matt and Jeff get to be in the video, and do you have any fun memories from that shoot? I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know they were in there. Um, and I haven't seen this thing in a long time. <laughs> yeah, no, this one may not be from bong shots and or and uh, headshots and bong resin. This one may just be me not remembering. Like, uh, no, you're right. It's chair shots and bong. Um, but I don't remember them being in that video. Do we have the video? I, I'm not sure if we do. I'm gonna. Well, if we, we don't, right y'all should go watch it. See why Matt and Jeff were in there. Text it to me in my DMs, and then I'll answer. Gerardo McCarty. Or what was his name again? Uh, his name was Thomas O'Kane. Thomas O'Kane. Oh, of the O'Kanes. All right. Of the Philly O'Kanes. Eros asks, was there ever... How many a- freaking questions are there? <laughs> <laughs> for, the love of, for the love of God, man. Okay, what's his question? Eros wants to know, was there ever a pairing you saw on a house show or thought would have made a great team that for whatever the reason just didn't happen? No, so so no. All the ones when I was writing and I wanted to see them happen, I made them happen. So I, Randy Orton and and Big John Huber. Um, uh, I can't think of his working name. Uh, Luke Harper. Luke Harper. When he joined the, the Wyatt, or when uh, Randy joined the Wyatt family, and we had Randy Orton and Luke Harper as a tag team. Like to me, uh, that was to me like putting Brad and Perfect together. It was like. Poetry in motion. Both of these big, long, tall, lanky guys that work uh, and know what they're doing and know exactly, man, they would have been a dynamic tag. They were a dynamic tag team. It just didn't live long, you know? Well, that was a heck of an episode. Yes, man. I agree, man. What a what a fun debate, too. I think we should do it on the cruiserweights next time since I have so much experience <laughs> and knowledge in, uh, in the lucha and the X division. I, I like um, but yeah, no, I, I loved this episode for real. I was excited to do it because talking about things, I know I probably have different ideas than a lot of people do. I think that's the fun part about it is hear mine and then think of why mine are stupid and what your, why yours are better. And let's see, you know, maybe, maybe after this episode, go to Twitter uh, and tag me and, and the, Oh, you didn't know podcast and, and, uh, and put your, your four, you know, put your Mount Rushmore and it'll, it'll at least spark some debate. And hopefully we can keep it civil and have a good time talking about the stuff we all love, you know? Throw some final shills and plugs out there. Head Amen. on over to boxagimmicks.com and pick up the t-shirt. You hear the statement of chair shots and bong resin. Why don't you wear the shirt that correlates and matches? Go get that on boxagimmicks.com. And while you're at it, go head to howtobearrestler.com and pick ah. up my ebook. If you're looking to break into the into the business, it's a great resource guide for you to get your start. Also want to throw a little shout out and thanks to our sponsor. 
sponsors, please go support them. Go check out BlueChew.com. Use promo code DOG, D-O-G-G. Take that home with you for free. Just pay for shipping and then go save with Conrad. Go get your life insurance in order with Goliath. Goliath. And then come on back next week. Yeah, shout shout out to any future sponsors. Come on board and let us totally humiliate ourselves while shilling your product uh no but it is fun it's gonna be a pump next the, isn't the, it? The, the blue chew the blue chew pitches are i mean they're to, they're to die for at this point they've gotten today's performance was uh emmy worthy i think i agree all right next week here on oh you didn't know we're gonna be discussing a lot of subjects with a very special guest oh my god who is it who's it gonna be Oh, you don't want to tell him yet? Because I, uh, I don't know either. Is it, <laughs> is, it, is it who I think it is? I think it's who you think it is. Elvis? No. <laughs> How did we get Elvis? We didn't. Okay, so it's not him. <laughs> so let's let's wait and see. But look, follow me on social media. We, we tape these at a weird time, scheduling-wise, so sometimes I'm a week ahead or a week out of uh, different things I'm doing. Me and Billy are doing a lot of these comic cons and really getting out there and getting around. It's so much fun seeing and meeting everybody. Me and Jeff Jarrett also doing some stuff. We'll be having some live shows coming up soon, uh, correlating with some of these pay-per-views. So just stick stick, stick with us, and we're going to uh, we're gonna see how far we can take this crazy thing. And if you ain't down with that, I got two words for you. Suck it? Question mark? <laughs> Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com.